Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface level conversation? Not us. I'm Samantha. And I'm Christian. Two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of life. So buckle up and don't be shy. Because, yep, we're We're going going there. Okay, we are here actually in my parents' bedroom, kind of mixing it up. Christian is here, but she's not on the mic right now. But we have my, I don't know if that picked it up, but can we get a woohoo? Woohoo! <laughs> we have my childhood bestie, Hayden, here. Hayden, hello. Are you nervous? Not nervous. <laughs> here I am. I've known Hayden since third grade, second grade. Known you officially, yes. We have baby pictures together from the dance studio at like three years old. We weren't friends until junior high? It was, and we didn't start off friends either. No, no, we didn't. I was like dating quotes because it was seventh grade, and I got a Facebook message from you. And if you know Hayden, this makes sense, but she literally just said like, no hi, no formality. She was like, hi, you're dating my boyfriend. I don't (laughs) think I liked you, but we grew up going to... Same town, but yeah. rival schools. We were both on the dance team. Wait, rival schools. There was like multiple elementary schools and then two middle schools. Wait, I've got to jump in. So you stole someone's boyfriend? No, she wasn't dating the guy. This is the spice we always needed <laughs> to hear about She was not dating Samantha. the guy. She was not dating I the guy. I think it was still very fresh. We either had just broken no. up or I wanted him back. I think what happened was we went to different elementary schools, but we knew each other from dance. And then we went to different... So then middle schools, like people randomly go to. So you kind of get split up from middle school. And then we had junior high here too. So middle school was fifth and sixth grade only. Junior high was seventh and eighth grade. We went to the same middle school. Didn't you go to old high? Yes. Yeah, we went to the same middle okay, school. Same middle school. So same this was middle junior school. high. Because we, we knew each other in middle school. Right. I remember you. And then junior high, we went to different junior highs. This guy who apparently you thought you were dating went to my junior high and we were dating. And that's what you said to me on MySpace. <laughs> well, it, yes, it was MySpace. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how our friendship started. And then we started going to high school together and we yeah. were on the same dance team. And then that's kind of how we became close. Freshman year of high school is really when we became very close. But tell everyone about yourself, who you are, all the things. I am Hayden. I have been married for seven years to my husband, Cameron. I was your matron of honor. You were. One of the two. You were my matron of honor. And I remember when you and Justin got married, that was the point that I was like, okay, I am done pursuing singleness and I want what they have. And so I think that like they were a real huge impact on the kind of guy that I wanted to marry. I am a fourth grade teacher. I had a baby a month ago today. Wow. So new mom. And I was born and raised in Bentonville and I live here and now you're visiting. Yeah, we get to see each other a lot when I come. Well, not a lot actually, because I'm here like doing family stuff, but we try to yeah, see you, each other. No, you come and you don't tell me that you come. Well, so. it's hard because I'm seeing like my family and a lot of times we're here for two days, like a weekend. And so it's hard. And you have your family here now. So sometimes it's like hard to see each other, but her baby's name is Graham and that's the same name as Christian's son. So we've been hanging out today and it's been a lot of fun. Hayden and I, we got into a lot of trouble together in high school. Not in trouble in a bad way. Like you were kind of a goody good. But you and I together were just like funny. We had a lot of times. We were actually just reminiscing on pictures right before we recorded. We'll post some, but you've seen the reels or the TikToks of middle schoolers in 2023. And it's like these really cute girls with like perfectly 
contoured makeup and like perfect blonde hair. And then you have Hayden and I, I think we were doing like a Kesha inspired Yeah, we were trying to imitate Kesha. Kesha. (laughs) (laughs) The song TikTok on the... We were making a music video. If you don't know what the song TikTok is, are you too old or too young for our podcast? Everyone knows that song. Yeah, everyone knows. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. (laughs) So we were making a music video and do kids still no, you know what? They don't do that. They make TikToks. They make TikToks, yeah. That's their version. We both had digital cameras and we both had laptops. We would like edit them. Yeah, or Macs. We would <laughs> yeah. edit them. And we thought we were cool because we had Macs. The yeah. photo booth app that you yeah. could have every filter possible on. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's been really fun to obviously like grow up with Hayden. I was telling her earlier, it's very interesting. Like when you have someone, I don't know if everyone has this, probably not. So I think it's a blessing to like have someone I've known my whole life. It's just like a very comforting thing to know that there's someone who's seen me. You've seen me really in my worst places. You've seen me in like very sad places. And you've just seen me through all these stages. And it's like comforting to know that someone could know you that deeply. Even my husband doesn't know middle school me. So it's kind of fun to see that. And like now that we're moms together, we're like both pushing our strollers today and it was really fun. But I have wanted to have you on for a while because I obviously know you really well and have watched you walk through some things as you became a Christian. I actually have watched you kind of become a Christian and like what that's looked like over the years for you. So I want you to share that with everyone. But also this idea of when you become a Christian, it doesn't mean that all the sin struggles that you've had previously are just going to go away. Now, there's truth in the fact that God can free us from sin, but there are certain sins that we see as patterns in our lives, and that can feel really frustrating. And so we're going to share a little bit about your story today, but will you kind of just start off with your story of how you met Jesus and with your mental health struggles? I would say that I, as early as high school, was very interested in knowing the Lord. And I would say that that's probably about when my relationship with Jesus blossomed or took to cold. Yeah, yeah. to cold. Thank you. Well, you were like, I remember you starting to become more interested in it. But then it wasn't really until college. And I think that you played a huge role in it. You were a part of several ministries in college. And I think that we weren't even at the same college. I just kind of saw the fruit of your life and just how college was going for you versus how it was going for me. And it kind of made me want to pursue something deeper. And so I would say in college was definitely when I turned a new leaf. And that was when I met my husband. We met my senior year, and he was already graduated, but we met at church. I would say that the majority of my Christian walk has been based on my mental health. I would say that it's just kind of been the thorn in my flesh, that we shall call it, that the Lord has just kind of really revealed himself to me through my mental health and my anxiety. And so I was actually diagnosed with OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, in first grade. And like, just to say, diagnosed with OCD, I know you get really frustrated with this, and I've become very aware of it. Of People are like, oh my gosh, I'm so OCD. Like, I like to straighten up my shoes in a row or something. Explain that a little bit, what it feels like for you. It does become very frustrating. I remember there was a viral TikTok that was viral, and it was like, some people call it OCD, I call it a blessing. And it's anything but a blessing to live with any kind of mental illness. I try to shift my eyes to make it feel like, okay, this is what requires me to lean on the Lord at all times. But that's not the light that was portrayed in the TikTok at all. It was showing the perfectly organized pantry or 
things like that. And there are parts of OCD that some people have diagnosed that does have to do with cleaning. But that has just not been my story. You can look at my car or my bedroom and know that it's not at all the OCD that I struggle with. For me, it was more of a a medical anxiety or just, and obviously throughout seasons and throughout different experiences, it changes. Like obsessing over one thing. Obsessing over something, not being able to let it go. And not really being able to function or go on about your day until you give in to the compulsion. So I was diagnosed in first grade, and that obviously looked a lot different than what it looks like now. In first grade, it was maybe obsessively erasing my paper and not being able to turn in my work if it had a a mark on it that wasn't erased, or if my name wasn't written perfectly, or something like that. No, I'm just realizing it's actually kind of interesting that you were diagnosed so young back then because I feel like mental health things were not diagnosed like that. Did your mom just pick up on things? No, and take my you? school teacher did. Okay. My school teacher pointed it out to my mom, and so she took me to a psychiatrist at a very young age. Because back then, yeah, you're right. There wasn't a lot of, I'm sure there were counselors and mental health professionals, but there was, I think, just one psychiatrist in the area, and that would kind of be my counseling. So I saw a psychiatrist starting at a very young age, and that is what diagnosed me. A lot of times, I just viewed it as anxiety. And then I would say my husband and I went through a pretty hard loss, several hard losses, but about four years ago, we unexpectedly lost his mom. And then that triggered an OCD and it was, I had not seen it or I felt like I hadn't seen it in so long. And so my anxiety just really, really heightened at that point in my life. And so I'm not sure what the original question was, but that's just the background of me, my struggle, my sin. OCD is rooted in fear. And you're wanting, the whole root of the sin is control. And so I need to control, or I feel like I need to control every situation. So I've just learned that my thoughts are just thoughts. It's not God's truth. And the only thing that is God's truth is His Word. That's kind of how I've had to battle that sin in my life, is just recognizing that So kind of like recapping, your point is you're growing in this relationship with Christ and you've struggled with this thing your whole life. I remember seasons you were in where like you wouldn't be battling your OCD and anxiety as much and you would have some freedom from this mental health thing. Because like, I think for me as a person who doesn't struggle with as much mental health stuff, having you as like a really close friend that I've watched through life, it's been good for me to see how much of a toll it takes on people mentally. I mean, if you're obsessing over things constantly in your brain, it doesn't leave a lot of space for other things in your mind. I don't know like how to explain that. But I think what you're saying is there were seasons where it would get better, but then something else would trigger. And so you have been in this place before of this frustration with God or just this anger of, okay, God, I'm begging you to like take this from me. I'm trying to do all these right things or I'm trying to get help for this. What does that feel like when you just battle the same thing over and over? It's so frustrating. And you kind of just have to change your perspective and your mindset because there have been so many times earlier on in my faith journey where I would beg God, God, take this away, take this thought away, take my anxiety away. And I've come to realize, is he fully capable of taking it away? Absolutely. But he hasn't. And he might later, but I just think that like he has definitely used it as a way for me to rely on him more and to be more intimate with him. And so it is very frustrating at times, but I've tried to change my prayer and my mindset that if I didn't have, back whenever I was first pursuing Jesus, my mindset was if I didn't have this mental illness or if I didn't struggle with my anxiety 
then what would I need God for? And that was kind of my perspective. And now that I've lived more life, I realize that there's such a great need for the Lord in every aspect. But I think that it just speaks to, I do struggle with that. And, and I'm in therapy and I've been seeing the same therapist for three years. You're right. I go through seasons and I consistently remind myself of the growth that I've made and things I've overcome. But I do know that God can take it away. But I do think that God can take it away, but it's something that brings me closer to Him, and it consistently sanctifies my relationships, and I think that it's hard, and it's hard on a marriage, and it's hard on friendships, but the Lord has just been faithful to redeem a lot of situations that have come from it. We've touched on mental health things, but it's hard because if Christian and I aren't people who struggle necessarily with a lot of anxiety. I mean, we all have anxieties and fears to some extent, but in this way, it's hard for us to speak on it because I think one of the biggest things with friends of mine or people I know who have diagnosed mental health issues is that you can't really fully understand it unless you've walked through it. So what's something that you wish other Christians knew about mental health diseases? Because I heard you say it's sin, but it's also like a mental illness, like a sickness. My childhood cancer People wouldn't say like, hey, you have cancer because you are sinful. There's illness, there's sin in this world that caused bad things to happen. And so like, how do you hold those two? And what do you wish other people could understand about it? The sinful part comes from just what it is. It's driven by a desire to be in control. And so I just have to recognize that I'm not in control and that the Lord is sovereign over all of it. And I really think our generation has done like a really good job of shedding light on mental health. But you're right. I've been really hurt by a lot of people who have shamed me for battling with anxiety or OCD. I've been asked by people who love me and people that I love, well, are you really trusting God in this season? Or you're not really exploding with joy. And a lot of times I beat myself up for that too. I feel like as a believer, I should be just like this walking ray of sunshine. And I don't feel like that. I feel like it's a lot of times there's just a big dark cloud looming over my head. And so I think that What I want other Christians to know is that the Bible is full of followers of Jesus that doubted, cried out for help, questioned God. And I think that mental illness or just anxiety, depression, anything like that has been so openly talked about recently. And I think that it's definitely like more accepted and especially just in the realm of just talking about believers. I think that if you're struggling with something like that, then as a Christian, as a believer, you're not hopeless. And so like, yes, even though like I feel like down or I'm so anxious that it's hard for me to function throughout my day, I know that I have hope and I know that my salvation is secured in Christ. And so I think that it's just really important to just be honest and open and vulnerable with your feelings and just acknowledging your feelings, acknowledging the thoughts and recognizing that they're just thoughts. And then again, like they hold no power over you. And I think that one Bible verse that's really helped me think about that is holding my thoughts captive is 2 Corinthians 10, 5, which says that you should bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And so I just try to, if I have an obsessive thought, and I feel like I probably need to like give an example of something because I do think, yeah, if you're comfortable, this is going to sound really silly, but this is what it is. There was a time in my life where like, I literally could not wear mascara because if I looked at my eyeballs in the mirror, I would think like I would see dots or speckles or blood vessels that did not look normal to me. And I would convince myself that I had 
something that I didn't have. And so just things like that. That probably is feeling really freeing to someone who battles OCD or even anxiety. Specifically you, it's always been more medical anxiety. In this season, it has been, yes. It's like the rabbit trail of like the Google MD. Like you've called me before and asked me. You like to hear people say like, no, you're fine. I have to hear people say it because I literally haven't Googled anything myself in four years. How have you gotten them in self-control? <laughs> I used husband, to Google I, everything. I don't have the self-control. I make other people do it for me and they can filter out the very negative. Because you don't have anything wrong. You sometimes like convince yourself. Oh, fully convince myself, yes. And then there was even a season where I think you were so convinced that you were making yourself so stressed then you were almost having like some physical symptoms. Oh, exactly. It, it yeah. portrayed a lot in the physical symptoms. And so it's just been scary. And I think that... How I've kind of overcome that is just there's so many resources out there now and then therapy, 100% for therapy. And it's just been super helpful. But yeah, so just things like that. So if I have a thought like that, just reminding myself, I am okay. I am fine. And even if something were wrong with me, I'm not hopeless. And so I think that just taking those thoughts and making them obedient to Christ, making them obedient to truth and just realizing that they don't have power over me. Two things I wanted to point out. I love that you talk about that holding our thoughts captive because even if you're listening to this and don't struggle with mental health illness, I think we often forget that God does care about our thoughts, even though we think they're hidden and no one can know. God asks for our obedience, even in our thoughts and our hearts and minds. And so I'm trying to work on that in this season. Christian and I have talked about it a lot. There's just some areas of my heart that no one would know that I'm being disobedient, but I know deep down I am, and I think God cares about that. I think it matters because we've talked about a lot before on this podcast, again, what is in our hearts and souls will be the overflow into our life. It'll creep into my day-to-day, into that outward appearance anyway. So I love that you said that, first of all, because whoever's listening to this right now, that is so helpful. And then secondly, I like that you kind of share this idea of, yes, it is a like mental health illness. It's a disease. It's a sickness you can't control. But you also recognize, especially in our culture, don't you think that people a little bit overemphasize there's nothing you can do about it sometimes maybe of, well, they can't help it. But no, you're saying, no, I'm in counseling. I put the work in. I literally have to battle. I almost picture you in this physical battle. I have to battle my thoughts of going down these obsessive paths. And like, that's not passive. You're working on it. Whether for some people that's like medication, therapy, a mixture of that. I think that in the past, what's been hard is like Christians can be hurtful, like you were mentioning earlier to other believers of like, well, you just need to like pray these five verses on anxiety and it will be healed. And obviously we know so much more about the way anxiety, depression, OCD, things like that work in our minds. So I like that you're saying, no, it's both. I can acknowledge the root of it is sinful. I also know it is something I can't always control, but I'm going to fight to control it. It's like a daily battle. I mean, no matter what sin you struggle with, you have to fight to control it. And so it's like kind of putting on the armor of God. And I think that whenever I first started therapy, I had the very negative mindset of this is just me. I'm going to always struggle with this. This is something that I am never going to be freed from or never going to be healed from. And my therapist has just done a really great job of helping me to recognize and realize that, yes, I do have to put the work into it. I have been going for three years, even in the seasons where I feel completely fine. That's important because I also had the mindset of, oh, poor pitiful me. This is my life and this is affecting all of my relationships around me. No one else has to struggle this. Right, right. Not everyone. But I think that my therapist has done a really good job of reminding me there is a lot that I can control and like not in the sense of 
the power and control that God has, but that I am in control of being able to hold my thoughts captive. I am in control of speaking truth over a situation. And my therapist, yeah, she's been really great. So you have a Christian therapist. Does that make a difference to you? Is it a Christian therapist? Yes. My therapist is a believer, and that was something that was very important to me whenever I was searching for a therapist. I really got really lucky because, obviously, I would advocate for anyone to see a therapist, whether you're in a healthy mental state or not. I just think it's really great to just have that unbiased person to talk to and to listen to you. But she is a believer, and it mattered to me. And the way that we do things was so freeing and so healing to me in the very beginning. And now that I've overcome a lot of my mental health. You like laid the foundation of how to battle it. it. It's tools that I'm able to use. I'm happy to share some of them. So if I were to have a thought or a fear, like we would write down the thought or the fear, maybe the fear is I'm not good enough. Then we would find a memory or like we would attach it to why do we think that? Have those words been spoken over you or... What in your life is going on that makes you feel that way? Where are those feelings coming from? Yeah. And so like you write the fear, then you attach it to like a memory. Even if it takes you days to find that memory, I guarantee it's somewhere. Yeah. Then we pray and we both just kind of like listen to the Lord. She prays over me and then she'll ask me like, hey, what did the Lord speak to you? And there have been times where I've literally had such a negative attitude that I'm like, nothing. He didn't say anything. But she is so great that she will then tell me what the Lord spoke to her, or she'll talk about a verse that came to mind. And so then we'll write down that verse. And we kind of start with the lie or the fear, the lie that is, I'm not good enough. And then we pray through it. And then we write down the truth. What does God say about that? That has just been really freeing. So whether it's just how you feel, or maybe it's like a very tangible thing that you are thinking, then it's always good to write down the lie, to attach it to where it came from, and then to just speak truth over it. And so that's just been like a life-changing practice. We don't do that every session now. We actually haven't even done it in a long time. But it's something that I do in my own time now. And I am able to recognize, okay, what does God say about me? What does God say about this issue? And it's just been really freeing. And sometimes when you can go to like that memory or whatever it is causing you, it like takes the power away from then that lie of being like, oh, that's because one time, like maybe it's a tangible thing about like we were talking earlier about our babies and how as new moms, you can be scared of like, are they breathing or like all the things every new mom has had that moment where you're like watching their chest rise and fall because you're like scared. Sometimes we can attach that to like, oh my gosh, well, nowadays we have the internet and we can read a million stories about SIDS or this and that and and attaching it from one another helps it lose some of its power. So I love that your therapist prays with you. And I think it's really important. Obviously, if you have no Christian therapist or counselor around you, any therapy, if you need that is good. If you have options looking for a therapist that is a believer, because when you are sorting through these mental health things, there are so many aspects of God that needs to be tied into it because they coexist together. You can't just say, well, I'm going to just work on mental health stuff and leave God out of it. I just don't think if you're following Jesus, like that would work very well. I hate to say that because maybe people are live in places that don't have options for great therapists. I don't know. I agree. I think that if you're a believer and if you have access to a Christian therapist, then absolutely that's the way that you should go. But for me, it was just really important because with my OCD, I didn't want to get into the science behind my brain or why my brain is doing this because I know the Lord is sovereign. The Lord is good. The Lord is the ultimate provider. He's the ultimate healer. And I needed someone to reiterate that to me because that's where my peace comes from. Even though knowing all these things about 
mental health or even being extremely informed about why does my brain work this way or I'm an Enneagram 6 and this is why I do this and this and this. I know that the Lord is the one that has the healing in all of that, the power. And so that's what I needed. And especially in those really dark and scary and anxious times, I needed just the peace of Christ. And so that's why I chose. And I got very lucky with who I got. To kind of like wrap us up, you're in this season now. You are literally in postpartum life of having a one-month-old. And you've actually, I mean, you told me when we've chatted, you were kind of fearful about your mental health and how it would be after giving birth with hormones and everything. How do you look on to future seasons of your life? Do you have fear if you were to go into like another dark season or how do you look on to what's next? I'm glad that you asked because I 100% I've just kind of been told you already struggle with anxiety. So just be prepared. Postpartum hormones, it's going to be really, really hard for you. And so I kind of spoke that over myself and I was like, okay, I'm going to struggle. I created a fear there that wasn't based off truth. And honestly, things have been great. That's not to say that I'm not going to struggle soon, but I told this to my therapist. She reiterated, she was like, think about how healthy your pregnancy was. You had all these fears about creating things that were going to happen that didn't happen. And then you had a perfectly healthy pregnancy, a perfectly healthy little boy. I think that just goes to show like the goodness of the Lord. And so I think that, yes, I was terrified to go back into that spot because I'm like, okay, I know what it did to my marriage or at least how it made my husband feel whenever I was so consumed with myself. (laughs) And I know what it does to relationships around me, and I don't want to go there. And I told my husband over and over, I just kept saying, I'm just scared because everyone keeps telling me postpartum is the worst. And I was very, very fearful of this stage that I'm at right now. And it's been good. And so I just think, yes, I am very fearful of it. And I get scared. I had my husband research postpartum because I was like, I need you to understand what I might go through and I need you to be there for me. And I kind of just put a limit on God when I did that because he has been so faithful to heal my mind and to get me to where I am, where I can talk about it and know that he provides the ultimate peace and he provides healing of my mind. And While there are times where I do become very fearful of going through those seasons again, just because I know how dark and scary it was, I also can look back at God's faithfulness and be like, He pulled me through it, and I am great. And so if I do go down that again, or if I do go through a really dark and scary time where my anxiety is just all-consuming, I know that I have the resources and the tools that I need, and I have the Lord, and I can get through it. And so I think that that's what gives me hope. So yes, I'm constantly kind of expecting for it to happen because I just can't believe how great it is right now. But I think that I just have to bask in His faithfulness and just remind myself that He's seen me through it and I have a great support system and a great network. And you like know the red flags now too of like if you were to go in that dark season again. Well, everything you said has been so good. I love when you just said bask in God's faithfulness because I'm like, I want to bask in God's faithfulness. Yeah, that used to actually be my Instagram bio. What? (laughs) (laughs) Basking in the Lord's faithfulness. Christian's like (laughs) silently cackling. Christian, do you have anything to add? About this episode. Oh, she's grabbing a mic. No, I'm wanting to bask in the Lord's faithfulness too. <laughs> in the sun. Over here. Like, this I is want so the good. Sun. Yeah, it's good. Honestly, Hayden, we really appreciate you because I think we talked about this prior to you getting on the episode. In no way did we want you to come on and be like, I have it all figured out. My life is perfect. It's really going great. And I have no worries ever. That's just not reality. And I think it's 
really awesome to hear from you just the hardships you've gone through, but also the truth, how you like actively battle against that, but also how you actively trust and shift perspectives to the Lord's faithfulness. And I think that's really awesome. Something else I wanted to mention as we wrap up, when we were coming to Arkansas, there's like a lot of awesome people. Christian and I, you know, we get recommended a lot of people to have on. Our producer is always reaching out. We sometimes get emails about people wanting to come on and we've done some fun interviews. But what I think is so cool as we're sitting here right now, even as we were like, okay, who should we reach out to? Who should we meet with to interview? And Christian and I were like, what about Hayden? And Hayden feels like so unqualified. She's like, why me? I don't know if I can come talk on it eloquently. And I'm sitting here like, you are a listener. You are everyone listening. You're a representative of just the girl that isn't writing books and speaking at big conferences, but you are living life and you're following God in your teacher friends, in your other groups of friends, in your community. You're a new mom. You're just doing life and battling these things. And so I love that we could have you on. And I think it was just like the perfect thing for us. Well, great. Thanks for entrusting me to do so (laughs) because I'm really happy. Any chance I get to like make people more aware of OCD or just the struggles that people can go through, I like, or in any chance to put a plug in for therapy, I also enjoy. But I do think that, yeah, I mean, I definitely feel very underqualified after listening to some of your Well, if you're someone that is battling mental health illnesses and you feel really alone, especially in the Christian world, because you're scared to be honest that you're struggling, please, please, please find someone to tell tell us if you need to DM us or if you want to just start researching a counselor nearby, if you don't feel like you have anyone to tell, because I do think I've seen such a change in you and a growth again through the combination of God working in your life and also therapy and all the other things. So I feel really grateful to get to watch that and I hope other people will get to experience that too. Thank you. Hey, thanks for going there with us. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to follow along with us at Going There, the podcast. And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend. Talk to you soon. Bye.